This episode is brought to you by FlexiSpot. If you work from home, you need a good desk. That's why I recommend the FlexiSpot Pro Plus Standing Desk E7. Recently, I got it and was blown away by how good it is. Not only was the assembly easy, but it's also stable. It's a one-piece design made from carbon steel that's built to last. And not only is the E7 very stable, but it's capable of easily holding up to 355 pounds. My two favorite features are it stops when it encounters objects, and it has a height lock on it, making it safe to use, too. I highly recommend the E7. And if you want to save 10 bucks, head over to howibuilt.it slash E7 and use the code FSE7 at checkout. And make sure to visit from September 7th to the 9th for Tech Day, where they'll have even more savings. Thanks so much to FlexiSpot for sponsoring this episode. A drum I've been beating for a while is you don't need sponsors to make money podcasting. In fact, it might not even be the best way to make money. What if you had a product so perfectly aligned with the audience of your podcast that you could get your listeners to buy it? That's exactly what Sam Munoz does, and her approach to free content is admirable. If you have any business where you're creating content, you need to hear this conversation. Look for top takeaways about why it's okay to get paid for your thoughts, how you need to spend your time wisely, and how your podcast can serve as the top of your marketing funnel. Plus, in Build Something More, Sam and I exchanged stories about the time we wrote code for robots. We did this separately, different experiences, but we both did it and it was very fun to talk about. If you want to hear an ad-free extended version of that conversation and every conversation I have here on How I Built It, you can become a member of the Creator Crew by going to joincreatorcrew.com. It is just 50 bucks a year. That's less than five bucks a month. And you get to hear ad-free extended conversations of every episode. You get bonus episodes about behind the scenes stuff I'm working on, access to my live stream archives, and a seat in every paid workshop for free. Those paid workshops usually go for 40 bucks. So you can pay 40 bucks for one workshop or 50 bucks for a year's worth of workshops. Again, that's over at joincreatorcrew.com. It's episode 276, so you can find all of the show notes, everything we talked about over at howibuilt.it slash 276. Thanks to this week's sponsors, Nexus and LearnDash. You'll hear about them later on in the show. But for now, let's get to the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast that helps small business owners create engaging content that drives sales. Each week, I talk about how you can build good content faster to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. All right. Hey, everybody. I am here with WordPress developer and mentor Sam Munoz. Uh, she is uh, doing stuff over at makingwebsitemagic.com. I'm really excited uh, to talk to Sam today because, first of all, we have very similar trajectories. We went from uh, doing software outside of WordPress to doing software with WordPress to 
mostly podcasting and teaching people, which is really cool. But I really like the the mission and um, I think the the methodology. So that's too much of me talking already, though. So let's bring Sam in. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing so well. I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm really like jazzed about all things related to WordPress, women, web designers and developers, all of those fun things. And I'm just, I know we're going to talk about all sorts of great things, but thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on your show today. Uh, absolute pleasure. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. I, I, we, um, follow each other on Twitter uh, which I mostly try to avoid as much as possible. Um, I shouldn't say that. I like, I love it some days and I hate it some days. Um, but, uh, but I, I noticed we follow each other on Twitter, but we, we got connected um, through uh, Matt Medeiros's uh, discord membership discord, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. fun over there. And you know what? Okay. I'll say this about Twitter. I was not on Twitter last, as of like last year, mm-hmm. um, I was on Instagram. That's how I was like talking to potential clients, potential mentees for uh, making website magic and, you know, that community. And then I don't know what happened. I like randomly decided to go on Twitter. I think I was going to create a little like Instagram image from Twitter. So I had Twitter for that purpose. Um, But oh my gosh, there are so many web designers and developers and, and like tech people there. I had no idea. And so ever since I uncovered that, I'm like, Twitter is actually a really, really great space for making connections and getting to know people. Yeah, that is exact. That's exactly right. It's why I still hang around there. Right. And like, I've made a lot of connections. I'm like trying to move more into the podcasting space. And so mm-hmm. I've been making a lot of really good connections there, but I've been on Twitter since uh, April Fool's Day, 2007 was my first day on Twitter. So um, I remember when it was just like, this is like old crotchety Joe, I guess now. Um Like it would just be like me and a bunch of people like live tweeting Yankee games for a while. And that was like so fun. Um, but but maybe it's just the people I follow. Like I have like I follow like some politicky stuff, right? And like the pol- like the political wonks on there like go bananas. Yeah. And uh and then I like can't help but look at trending topics and like any of the terrible takes from anybody about anything. Um I think that's really what bothers me, right? Is that there are people who don't know anything about a topic who are speaking like with the confidence I wish I had about anything in my life. <laughs> I know. And then they make the threads. Yeah. It's like a yeah. whole thing. But if yeah. you keep it really tight around the, you know, the people that you want to follow and make connections with, it actually can be pretty powerful for relationship building, I think. And I always, I, I tend to go into the DM realm of most mm. social media platforms. Yeah. Um, you know, even kind of making a connection with our podcast, you know, I always tell people to DM us because that's yeah. where we can like talk about the podcast. I, I think that that's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, are you using the communities uh, at all? Like I know that there's like communities on Twitter now that's like kind of like Facebook groups. I, I don't because we have our own free community for our uh, people who listen to the podcast to go yeah. connect in um, through Mighty Networks. I don't know if you've ever heard of that platform, but I use that for like all aspects of making website magic. Oh yeah, I have. Who, uh, my friend and former guest, Aaron Flynn was thinking about getting on, um, Mighty Networks. So I'll, I'll have a link to that. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Everything we talk about will be over at howibuilt.it slash two, seven, six. And so, uh, hopefully at this point people know, right. I did a good job with the bumpers. I'm like, 
doing some time traveling now because I record that afterwards. But uh, uh, people will know that we're we're talking um, podcasting. So um, your website, uh, makingwebsitemagic.com is a podcast community and mentorship to um, uh, help uh, get more more women in like the freelance WordPress space, freelance web design space. Is it specifically uh, WordPress? Both. No, it's okay, actually cool. not. It's it's anything. It's the platform. Like the platform is irrelevant. It's truly about getting women web designers and developers into. You know, this is. It's not getting them into the space. It's staying staying yeah. in the space by learning better business skills, learning to sell better, uh, market themselves better, find connections, raise their prices so that they actually can sustain staying in the web design and development space. Um, lots of business stuff, maybe, you know, some mindset and some strategies, uh, but that's what the podcast is about. And yeah, that's what the program that connects to the podcast is about. And I have a, an awesome co-host. Her name is Karen. She's also a business partner with Making Website Magic. And I think that- nice. um, that's just the, the fun of the podcast is we can bounce off each other and we have very different skill sets. I'm much more from the strategy perspective, um, having run a freelance web design and development business for quite a while. Um, and then she comes in with a lot of the mindset techniques and strategies and ideas. So it's, it's a cool synergy that we have on the podcast together. Yeah, that's great. I I sometimes wish I had a co-host for this for like my solo episodes. I usually I'm doing interviews and so like, that's fine. But, uh, the solo episodes I do are like the members only episodes I have. It's just like kind of me talking like stream of consciousness for 20 minutes. Um, and I'm like, I kind of wish I had a co-host that I could, like you said, bounce ideas off of or, uh, riff off of. And, and, um, but like finding the right co-host is important. What was that like? Uh, did you know, did you know that uh, Karen was going to be your co-host from the, the beginning? Did you kind of come up with this idea together? Did one of you approach the other? Yeah. So very interesting kind of story. Um, and I will say, yes, having a co-host, I know for me anyway, I'm way funnier when I have someone else to bounce <laughs> ideas off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, actually, that's probably true. But um, Karen was working uh, with me at Sam Munoz Consulting, which is my freelance uh, web design and development business. She started as a contractor, then she came onto the team full-time. And then we've transitioned over into actually just having a partnership with Making Website Magic. So it's nice. a, she's got it on a totally you know interesting uh, trajectory herself. But when we were coming up with these, this idea, we were like, we want to add something else to the business. What else do we want to do? How do we want to give back to the community? How do we want to um, kind of use all of this knowledge and do something different aside from just implementing websites? And then we came up with the, um, I can't remember which idea came first, whether it was to do the podcast or to do a program, mm -hmm. but it kind of happened all at the same time. And it was very much like, would you be interested in co-hosting this podcast? Cool. Would you be interested in, you know, co-mentoring this program with me? Cool. And then again, yeah, now we've morphed that into its own business on, on its own um, that we are both partners in. And yeah, it just... Whenever I think about some sort of free content, I'm always thinking about what does it connect to, you know, in terms of me actually getting paid, unless it's just purely for fun and for, you know, from a yeah. passion perspective. But if I do have a program or something, those things need to connect. Otherwise, um, why am I spending my time doing it? 
Gosh, that is like, y'all, we're like eight minutes into this. And I feel like that's like the perfect pull quote for like my mission in life lately. Right. Uh, Cause I, you know, I think I, I've been, I started using WordPress in uh, 2004. Um, you were, I mean, we had a, a fantastic pre-show with, with Sam's backstory um, that we'll talk about more and build something more. Um, but uh uh, you started using WordPress in, in 2018. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious to get your perspective because I feel like longtime community members, um, or just people who have been like in the, the, the WordPress trenches for a long time feel like most things should be free or are afraid to charge what they're worth because of the mindset. Um, so when you say, whenever I think of free content, I try to connect it to me getting paid. There's like a whole faction of people who are like, no content should have any affiliate links or what are you trying to sell me? And I'm like, this take, like making good content takes time, right? And mm -hmm. and you should think about how that's going to tie back to your business. Absolutely. I think that that's like the core of it is that we're running businesses, yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> like it's I mean, okay to, if it, it's okay to make money. <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred percent. It's okay to make money. It's okay to be, you know, paid for your thoughts and for your contributions. And, you know, there is this other side too, where it's just like, if you, not everything has to make money in the sense right. that if it's not within your business, like, let's say I love gardening. I mean, I'm horrible at gardening. So this is an awful example, but let's just, <laughs> let's just pretend, pretend I love gardening and I want to make a blog about that. That's great. It, that doesn't have to connect to a money-making opportunity, mm -hmm. but when it's within the context of my business, yes, it's okay for the content that I'm creating to connect to that, to, you know, lead to a product that you offer, to lead to your services, to lead to a program, to have affiliate links. Um, very much so, you know, growing your email list, whatever it is, it's okay for your content to connect to a money-making opportunity when it's within the confines of your business because you're spending your time there. And I, I do see that as a, a connection. And, you know, content can be super powerful, especially depending on what it is at the end of the quote unquote funnel. Um, you know, I think content works really well for certain industries, works differently for other industries. So it's just being mindful of like what it is that you're doing and how your content that is free connects to the paid portion. Yeah. And, and it's something, you know, like, like, like you kind of alluded to, I assume this is the case, right? You think about that from the beginning, right? Because you're, you're providing a lot of value. Having a plan in place, um, is, is important, not so that you could start selling right off the bat, but so that you understand your readers or your listeners journey, right? I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to provide this free content. This is the type of person they are. So this is this, they will be a good fit for this offering or this product or this mailing list. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it is really kind of a mindset shift because we can absolutely give things away for free. And I think that there can be real value in like, um, giving a tip and, you know, having mm -hmm. nothing behind that necessarily. But when you're crafting like a great blog post or you're creating a podcast episode, it is okay for it to connect to something else. I mean, never once have I ever thought to myself, hmm, I shouldn't like plug my program in the <laughs> middle of my podcast. It's like, that's what they're there for. This is the yeah. obvious, this is how I see it is when you're really clear about the free content and what it connects to at the end, it's an obvious next step for someone who is consuming that piece of content. And you're kind of doing them a favor by saying you have this problem that you obviously have. You want to go deeper? 
this is the solution for you. And again, it's if you think about it like that, then it's just being in service of the consumer. This episode is brought to you by LearnDash. Look, I've been making courses for a long time. I've taught at the college level and I've created curriculums for several different organizations, including Udemy, Sessions College, and LinkedIn Learning. When I create my own courses, there's no better option than LearnDash. LearnDash combines cutting-edge e-learning tools with WordPress. They're trusted to power learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, and creators worldwide. What makes LearnDash so great is it was created by and is run by people who deeply understand online learning and adds features that are truly helpful for independent course creators. I love the user experience. And now you can import Vimeo and YouTube playlists and have a course created automatically in seconds. I trust LearnDash to run my courses and membership, and you should too. Learn more at howibuilt.it slash LearnDash. I like what you said kind of about, you know, if you're really into a hobby, right, and you want to create content. I've heard a podcaster, uh, Mike Hurley, a pod- podcaster, Mike Hurley, feels like it it's, uh, doesn't do what he does justice. He runs Relay FM with a co-host um, or with a co-founder. Um, but he talked about how, like, he doesn't have a watch podcast, even though he's really into watches. He doesn't have, like, a Lego podcast because he doesn't want those hobbies to become what he calls jobbies. Um, oh, yeah. And I think about that a lot. You know, I think like, should I start like a cigar YouTube channel? And then I'm like, I just want to relax when I smoke a cigar. Right. I don't want to have to think about how does this tie to some kind of content or whatever. Right. I just I'm, I don't always want to think about that part. So it's it yeah, really that's is. So true. Yeah. I feel like, so. you know, um, when I like, cause I had a blog about children's books before I started WordPress, uh, web design and development. So I was in the WordPress space before that, but, mm-hmm. um, it, I started it for fun. And then I kind of was like, hmm, maybe I can make this into a thing, you know, that makes money. And so mm-hmm. it, it changed the way that I was approaching creating content. You know, I was like, I had, um, blog posts and different articles and sometimes I think I had like a mini podcast thing that I kind of created just for fun with, a nice. anchor, you know, you could kind of yeah. like record it on your phone and just pop it up there. Yeah. It was just, it was another way to like, read my blog posts essentially. But, um, one of the main reasons that I ended up shutting that down was because I felt like it was taking away from me just like reading books to my daughter. Cause then Mm -hmm. I was like constantly thinking about, okay, how could I formulate this into a blog post and all that? So it is, it is okay for like hobbies to stay hobbies. Um, but when you, I I think when we do say, you know what, we're going to create this content for our business, um, having a plan around it, I think makes a lot of sense and can be very beneficial for, it can, can be super beneficial for creating trust and establishing your expertise with your um, potential clients or customers. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to ask uh, one side question before we move on, right? Because if I tried to do that, it would basically, uh, my daughter likes to read the same book for like a month straight, basically. And it's always like a Christmas book. I'm like, it's May. Why are we reading a Christmas book? And she's like, I want to read this one. And I'm like, well, I don't want to discourage you. Um, so when you when you read to your daughter, I don't know how old your daughter is. I don't know if you still read to her. Um, do you, uh, how do you get her or how did you get her to, to pick new books? Were you just like, this is the one we're reading because I want to write a blog post about it? Or would you let her like pick? And then you're like, all right, this is like a good blog post book. Yeah. So this, this is kind of a tangent, but that's okay. Um, 
she was like two or three when I started that. And so she didn't really have a choice, right? I was picking the books for her. I was uh, creating her bookshelf. And then I wrote a book about, I wrote a book about books. It's called The Intentional Bookshelf. And it's this whole concept of like curating your kid's library and all of this stuff. Um, Yeah, I've been creating content just like as avenues of business things for a long time. It's just very fun anyway. Um, but yeah, so she didn't really have a choice. So we were reading all sorts of books, but now we're totally in that she's almost seven and she, yeah, she wants to read the same. It's like elephant and piggy or something every Mm -hmm. day. And I'm like, we can choose a different one. I'm I'm tempted to hide it, but I'm like, you know what? We want to encourage the reading. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's, um, my, my daughter is five and, uh, she's, she's been on a big, we have like those five minute stories, uh, like yep, five minute same. Christmas stories, right? Or whatever. So she likes those. Uh, and my son, who is almost two, has been really into Pete the Kitty. Like he's like very like, I'm like, don't you want to read this one today? He's like, nope. Uh, and he always like points very emphatically to Pete the Kitty. So <laughs> um, I'm going to check out this. Is The Intentional Bookshelf, is it still available? Yeah, it's on Amazon. I Again, it was kind of, I created that book because I had a membership for parents to log their children's books. So it's always thinking about how those content pieces can connect to other stuff. Uh, that's so <laughs> cool. It's so, funny. It's a through line, I guess. Yeah, it totally is, right? Because it, it, like you said, it, it's a mindset, right? I think that... Um, uh, if you're, if especially if you're coming from the services area, right? You think like, okay, what's this service I could offer? But I've I've moved um, almost fully into the content space because it's a little bit more, in, in my opinion, it can be more scalable um, if you have the right process in place, right? And and so I have three kids now. I really don't want to trade uh, time for dollars. Um, mm-hmm. I want I want to scale as much as possible. Um, so, but I think it, it really is a mindset. And so you've kind of run the gamut. You've, you've published a book, you had a, a, a membership based on content. Now you have this mentorship. I think this is a really good pivot at the right time, uh, with cohort based courses being, um, like a, a really popular thing. Uh, but when you put together your podcast, uh, which again, um, it's, it's called, uh, Making website magic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so find it in whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. Um, or it's, it'll be in the show notes, right? Uh, and when you when you put this together, um, how did you determine the format and and especially the call to action? I think that's a a, a hard thing for a lot of podcasters, right? Because I think you probably know a lot of podcasts end with like rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah. Um, We mentioned the rating and reviews, and that's great and all. But yes, the call to action has always been one of two things. Either go do this free thing, which I'll talk about that in a second, or join the mentorship or, um, you know, book a discovery call or enroll, whatever, however we're doing it at the time. Um, But the free thing is kind of the evergreen, like if we're not enrolling for the program or we're doing a little bit of a pivot with the program anyway, and kind of testing out some evergreen model. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to building the community portion of it, it was, it was like, go, uh, let me pause. Now that free component is our community. And so it's it's just a simple 
go deeper with us about the podcast inside of the community. Go meet other people who are listening to the podcast inside of the community, right? And then similarly with the mentorship is like, did you like what we talked about on the podcast? Great. We go deeper in the mentorship. And if you need support around that, this is what you go do. And I feel like, you know, uh, there is value in ratings and reviews, right? Because then, you know, it's it's good for social proof and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. However, if you've got someone on your podcast and they're listening and they're listening all the way until the end, like, I'm thinking, what would I rather them do? Do I want their rating and review or do I want them, again, to kind of like pay me money? <laughs> That's yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because pod- podcasts cost money, right? Yeah. With a blog, you can get a free blog on WordPress.com, right? Totally. That'll cost you literally nothing. But yes. at the very least, with a podcast, you need to maybe buy a microphone, right? You should use, uh, I, I, I don't know if you're still using Anchor, but I generally recommend that, it, yeah, if you're going to have a podcast where you're going to build it on your business, you need to pay some money for, for a podcast host, um, so there's like tangible expenses associated with a podcast and, and thinking about how you're going to recoup those, not even thinking about the time, thinking about how you're going to recoup those is really important because it helps the longevity of your podcast too. Absolutely. And I will say we actually hired a podcast uh, management company because I was nice. like, I only want to show up and record and then hand it off. I was very aware. I'm, I'm the way that I run and operate things in my business is very much like, is this something that I'm going to be able to offer as a skill and a service to someone else? If the answer is no, that's okay. But I would rather pay someone else to do it so that I don't have to learn. Right. Because it's not something that I can sell later. So it's not really worth me learning how to do that doesn't apply to everything, but for something like launching the podcast and managing the podcast, I don't want to edit podcasts for other people. And so it's kind of a waste of my time to do it. Um, just again, in terms of like, this is how I run my business. And so uh, we hired a company, they do the editing for us and the show notes and all the things that I didn't want to do, um, yeah. generate the transcript. And then we actually put it up on our website and we share about it. We do all of the sharing components, but we show up and we record and then we hand it off. And I think that um, just in terms of like the the way the podcast fits into the business, that made a lot of sense for us. Does that Does that make sense, Joe? One hundred percent. You got to, especially in your business, you got to spend your time wisely. I mean, I have a blog post um, called like, uh, like why mowing the lawn is costing your business money or something like that. Um, I hate mowing my lawn. Uh, It's, I don't have a good lawn mower. I have a small lawn, so I can't get like a ride on mower or whatever. Um, And I always waited too long because like, the grass grows so fast here in the Northeast of the United States. <laughs> and if I didn't, if I wasn't mowing my lawn every week, it would get too long. And my crappy lawnmower would like, it would always, it would always be a two or three hour ordeal between like my lawnmower breaking and me having to mow the lawn and do. So we hired a service that we pay $30 a week and it takes them 10 minutes. And my friends are like, aren't you mad that you're paying 30 bucks for 10 minutes? I'm like, I'm not paying 30 bucks for 10 minutes. I'm paying 30 bucks to never have to think about mowing my lawn. Now I can spend that time on my business or with like, if it's a weekend or with my kids, but like if my wife's working a weekend, then I have to take time on a Wednesday afternoon. And that's, that is now $150 per hour in billable hours that I'm using on mowing my lawn. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, wow, that was like a real uh, triggering event for me. I, I fully, I fully support 
paying uh, to spend your time wisely. And I didn't hire a podcast production agency. I'm like, I tried doing that for a while. And I realized that like as an, as a single independent person uh, that doesn't really scale well for me, especially because most of the people who hired me also wanted me to be the host. And I'm like, I can't do all of that. Um, But for, for my process, it's very similar. We record in Riverside. I put everything in Dropbox and then my editor gets an email my transcriber gets an email, my VA gets an email, and I never touch the episode again. My editor I edits. I love it. Yeah. It's my, so nice. <laughs> my VA puts the show notes together. Um, I check the show notes because my show notes are like pretty bad notes. Like I just have the intentional bookshelf and then in parentheses link. So she knows to look for the word link. But like that's so vague that I'll go and I'll find like the Amazon affiliate link uh, for that book. <laughs> nice. Um, Yay! Yeah. So absolutely. I'm going to buy it too. Cause I have two other kids and I want good, you know, I well, it's been a while carry. since I wrote it. Hopefully it's, it's still a, uh, I mean, I, I like cringe when I see it on my bookshelf a little bit. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> oh man, I would have, you know, and also like I wrote it when she was like three. And so I've got new parenting thoughts and things, but yeah. eh, it's pr- like the concept is really good. Yeah, um, but to your point about like hiring and, and kind of just uh, staying, it's like staying in your zone of genius kind of thing so that you can yeah. focus on, on creating amazing content. Because if I was spending all of my time editing and all of those things that I'm not necessarily good or skilled at, that might take away from my ability to research uh, ideas and create great outlines. And um, Karen does something similar with you, that you do as well. She kind of uh, goes through the show notes before we actually upload it, make sure that it's in our voice and it's reflective of what we want to say. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that it, there is a lot of value in spending your time wisely and, and in the spaces that are most serving of your community. Again, if you want to think about it like that, it's like if you um, have more time to if you're using a tool like Riverside or whatever, that kind of pulls things together too. I, I don't know. It's just, I like using time wisely and, and in areas that are better serving your business or your community, whichever way you want yeah. to think about it. Yeah. Right. Bill, Bill Gates said, um, you can always make more money. Like time is the only thing that you can't get back. Yep. Like it's a that's, finite resource. Yeah, exactly. And it always will be. So the more time that you can save yourself by spending it wisely is, is going to be better for you and your potential customers. Um, because, you know, I think I had Albin Brooks, Albin Brook, I always add the S to his last name. I'm really sorry, Albin. Um, he's the, uh, the head of marketing at Buzzsprout. And oh, that's what we use. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, shout yeah. out to Buzzsprout. Um, yeah. So Alvin, uh, I'll link his episode too. It was really good. But, you know, I brought up that people say that, uh, there are too many podcasts when it's, that's like patently not true. Um, and he said, I think when people say that they mean there, it's like too many guys just talking to their friends on a podcast. Mm. And I was like, gosh, that resonates so well. Right. Because if you're doing, if you're doing it well, right. You're research, uh, researching and putting together outlines for what you and Karen are going to talk about. I did research, I do research on all of my guests and then we have a pre-show where I get some bits so that, again, I don't have to, we don't have to do the whole, like, tell us about yourself, right? I already know about yourself now and I can weave that into the conversation. That makes for a better show or my WordPress show, which I fully script. It's the only, one of the few things I fully script. Um, but stuff like that, where you just put a little extra effort in can be, um, can be the difference maker. Absolutely. And if you're, yeah. If you're too busy, like editing out like all of the ums, which you shouldn't do anyway, 
then we're you all know, humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It really sounds strange when when all of the ums get edited out. Like it sounds like an AI generated version of your voice. <laughs> totally. Uh, to your point about the outlines and like creating good content, um, the way Karen and I structure our episodes is always with why are we talking about this? That's where we start for every single episode because I think um, having that, this is how I deliver content in general. You know, if I'm giving a presentation or teaching a class or something, it's like, what is the primary focus of this? So that you walk away uh, knowing at least that one thing. So the, why are we talking about this is like, what's the context? What is it like? What's the purpose of this? And then, okay, let's like get into an actual conversation. But, um, I think it's helpful too, when someone goes and listens to the episode and they're like, mm, this isn't something that I actually really need to know about. I'll listen to a different one. Yeah, for sure. Right. I, I saw somebody today say, uh, you know, you, you only have like a short amount of time to catch somebody's attention with a YouTube video, but it's not the same with podcasts. I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Like you, you, you have about 60 seconds to get somebody's attention. I think. With I mean, podcast. I totally agree. We have yeah. like one of the, um, we do those little like teaser things in the beginning of yeah. our episodes, you know, maybe it's like yeah. a quote like that's someone said or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think those are great because I guess a hundred percent, if I go listen to, especially a new podcast that I either haven't listened to a bunch of episodes of, or I'm just listening to just one random one, I need my attention to be captured in the beginning. And if they're just kind of like, it's not a big deal if people like go back and forth, that, that doesn't bother me so much, but I do want to know like, well, when are we going to get into the topic? Because I, Again, time, like my time is limited too, just to yeah. listen. And there's a lot of things to listen to, um, you know, that are interesting and compelling and all of that. But yeah, yeah, quality content is important. I mean, it's it's key. It's like not just the quantity of how many episodes and things, but like really creating quality uh, content. Value. Yes. Uh, and so I love this. Why are we talking about this? What's the one thing they'll take away, right? That's like a, that's a very... I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like it's a very educator-centric way of doing things, right? Um, yeah. What, if my students are going to take away one thing from today's lesson, what is it going to be? Yeah. Um, and so this ties, again, directly into your mentorship. So how do you, how do you come up with uh, content? Is it like questions that you're getting from other people? Is it things that you struggled with? Because, I mean... 2018 feels like a million years ago because there was a pandemic in the middle of it, but um, it's four years. And I think it was two years since you started the membership. So like starting as a, as a WordPress freelancer was pretty fresh to you. Did you draw on your own experiences there at first or what was that yeah. like? Yes. And the podcast has only been going on for a year. So okay. just okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. um, but uh, yeah, for sure. A lot of it was coming from own experiences, questions that we were being asked, even again, before we even started the mentorship, just like conversations that we were having with other people. Honestly, conversation that, that Karen and I were having behind the scenes, just kind of like, hey, what do you think about like this concept around charging more? What do you think about this concept of like, why why are people trying to make email lists when they're trying to sell their web design services? Mm -hmm. Things like that. And yeah. those were like the first core episodes were kind of just like things that we were observing. And then once the mentorship really kicked off and we were listening to people um, in the mentorship as we were going through classes and just like, oh man, this is something that they're struggling with. Let's make a podcast episode about that. Or, you know, just really listening and observing what, what, was coming up for people in the community. And uh, 
Yeah. I think another thing that we do on the podcast that you could also apply to basically any piece of content is we do mirror the mentorship and the podcast as much as possible in terms of like the categories. So we have four pillars of our mentorship, um, you know, business foundations, simplified sales, uh, magical client experience, and then expanding your universe is what we call those. Um, and we try to make sure that every podcast episode fits within one of those four buckets so that we can draw on uh, it in the mentorship. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say one other thing about this and how it's all weaved together. So inside of the mentorship, we'll have an implementation section for each of our classes. And we have like strategies and prompts and things. And then we have a resources section and those are episodes of the podcast. So we kind of like pull them back and forth. And again, it's like, go deeper on the pod or go deeper in the mentorship, but also we're still like talking about these things on the podcast. So you can still get value. And I kind of went back and forth. Like, how does that make me feel that like we're directing people who are paying us money back to our free content? And I'm okay with it because it's still valuable. Yeah. Th so this actually hits at a, I think a really important uh, question that people who are creating educational material have, which is what do I charge for and what do I give away for free? And I've heard lots of opinions on this, right? Give away the what for free and the how uh, is what you charge for. Daryl Eves, who's a, a, a YouTube consultant, says give away everything on like a six month delay. Um, it sounds like, right? That's like, uh, that was a really interesting one, I thought. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, it sounds like with you, it's, it's you, it's, it's more about the kind of guided approach, right? You're talking about things on your podcast. People are listening and going, man, I really wish I had like a, a guiding hand to go through implementing this. Yes, that's exactly it. It's like the podcast gets people thinking, but it's shifting the way that they or shifting the way they see something. And then the mentorship is the way that they learn how to take action on that, if you will. But, you know, uh, this can be said again for all types of content. There's a lot of free information out there, right? Someone could create their own roadmap through Google of free mm -hmm. information and learn a lot of stuff. Most people do not have the time, energy, or desire to create their own custom course for themselves, if you will. Right. And so they pay for access to that roadmap. And so that's also how I see the podcast too, is you know what, if I give a little bit of extra juice, okay. And someone walks away and, and, and a woman listens to that and she goes and raises her prices, which has happened, you know, like someone will message me about the podcast and be like, I implemented this strategy that you talked about and I raised my prices and they said, yes. Okay. So she didn't pay me money, but you know what? I still had the impact that I wanted. Right. So that's yeah. like the other level to the content is it's, it doesn't always have to be so formulaic and like the what and the how it's okay to like give a little extra every now and then there's nothing wrong with that. And you shouldn't feel like limited to, to not giving away like the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. That's such a great point. Right. Cause when I was doing like these live workshops, people would basically say like, why would I pay you uh, when I could just like get it for free on YouTube? And I'm like, well, you have to find it on YouTube and then you have to order it in the right way. So you kind of already need to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and like YouTube is great for like that just in time learning. Right. Um, but if, if you want, like you said, the roadmap, like that is absolutely worth paying for. That's going to save you a couple of hours by itself. Right. Cause you don't have to curate content and then order it in like a 
pedagogical way or whatever, right? That's like yeah. what educators say. Um, and then, I mean, yeah. with with regards to like our mentorship and the way that we structure our program too, it's very much like the feedback, the um, accountability, the other people in the community going through the same thing. And again, that does that does tie to the way that we operate the podcast because the podcast is is a one to many approach in terms of expanding our visibility for the brand. And so, when you join the mentorship, it's still kind of that same idea as we're all working together for this like collective towards this collective um outcome and but the difference between that and the podcast is the podcast is very removed from Karen and I we're talking over here and you're listening in whereas the mentorship and the programs are we're talking over here and we get to talk to you at the same time too which happens in our free community as well which is the draw to joining it it's like instead of just listening to those conversations on your own and having all of these thoughts why don't you go into the community talk to other people about it and go a little bit deeper there but if you want to go super deep that's when you join the program yeah, I love that. You know, I've always gone back and forth on should my community be free? Should it be paid only? Or um, I've had a really hard time like building the community aspect uh, in part because my call to action is usually like join my mailing list. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I like this. I, I really like your approach for your call to action. I do this free thing where the free thing is join the community because that gets people more engaged. Right. And I think that's another thing that it, it seems you're doing really well that a lot of podcasters struggle with, which is getting that engagement. You know, I've, I've had this podcast for nearly seven years now. Um, and I still feel like I struggle with engagement and, and, and getting people to write directly into the show. Right. Obviously I have, I get a lot of questions and feedback like on Twitter or whatever, where else, wherever else. Um, but as far as like, I listened to this ex- this specific episode and I have feedback. I, I would love more of that. Uh, and I think it's a, a combination of asking for it. First of all, people aren't going to do what you don't ask uh, them to do. Um, and then, and then giving them a, a place to do it. That's not just like email me or do it on Twitter. Right. Um, totally. You know, I, I think this is, this is a really interesting thing that you're making me think of too, is just that like, there are so many different ways to make money with a podcast or with content in general, but um, I think it can be really helpful to think about how you want to do it, right? Because maybe your community is a part of the money generating you know, yeah. opportunity for the podcast. Maybe it is something like a program, so it doesn't make sense to charge for the community. Maybe it's with advertising and sponsorships. And, you know, there's just so many different ways to do it. And it's really like, what is going to connect to the rest of your business model too? And maybe your business is the podcast, in which case there probably isn't a backend program for you to send people to. So sponsors make sense because that's a roadmap for, uh, monetizing a podcast. Does that make sense? Like there's just so many different yeah. ways to do it. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, that I have certainly fallen into the trap of trying to do too many of them. Right. So this podcast uh, started off as I was going to do it as a way to get people to my online courses. And then like, I got a sponsorship offer like pretty early on. And I was like, all right, well, it's just going to make money with sponsorship then. And then I was like, but why aren't I promoting my, my stuff with it? Right. And so, um, now, you know, I just had this, I just wrapped up a personal retreat and it was amazing. Um, and I have a good direction for everything, but I also have this podcast that I started and then stopped, uh, called make money podcasting. And it's because I really wanted to focus on the not sponsorship aspect of it, which is 
why we're talking, right? You're not making money from your podcast with sponsors. You're doing it with a mentorship. But the main question I was getting was around sponsorships. Um, and so I figured out a direction for that and for my membership. And now that podcast is going to feed into the membership and, and coaching aspect of it. And spending a little bit of time to thinking about your approach can, can really pay dividends. And uh, to bring it back to something we were talking about earlier, right? If you're paying to stay within your genius zone, then you have that margin to think about that stuff. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And actually consider like, hmm, how do I want this connect? How do I want this to connect to all of the other facets of my business? Yeah, that's such a good point. This episode is brought to you by Store Builder from Nexus. When it comes to setting up an e-commerce site, you have a choice between easy but limited or a limitless platform that you need to manage yourself. Until now. Store Builder is e-commerce made easy for everybody. It saves you time and delivers a storefront that lets you get to selling. As someone who set up multiple e-commerce sites, I can tell you that Store Builder has been a much easier experience than anything else. Answer a few questions, add your content, and sell. Store Builder was created and is supported by e-commerce experts at Nexus. Get the speed, security, and support you need when you need it. Are you ready to launch your perfect online store? Head over to howibuilt.it slash storebuilder for a special offer. That's howibuilt.it slash storebuilder. We don't have to talk numbers, but um, when did you find... Um, did you did you find like an increase in mentorship come along with an increase in downloads or were the downloads kind of like a secondary thing? Because I think a lot of podcasters focus on number of downloads, especially if you're after sponsors because they want to know. Um, but if you're talking to an, a niche, right? I always like to talk about addressable audience, right? Yeah. 80% of your addressable audience is better than 11 million downloader, downloads who don't really care about what you're selling. A hundred percent. In fact, I mean, I look at the numbers just because it's kind of fun to watch it increase, but I know yeah. that I know a few things. A, I know that we have a very, very specific target audience. Anyone's welcome to listen to the podcast. Anyone can benefit from the podcast, but we're centering women, web designers and developers in our conversations. And so that in and of itself is a smaller audience than say, web designers and developers in general. And so I know that right off the bat, I already know that the audience is a little bit smaller. I also know that in terms of, again, knowing the business model, how many women do I need in the program to make the kind of money that I'm looking for? Okay, we need like 20 people a year. I don't really care if we have a 10 million listeners. I just yeah. need 200 people, to, you know, whatever it is, 200 people right. to listen to my podcast, fall in love with it, and then take the action that is, you know, connecting them to the mentorship. And so really getting clear on like what, again, like what is the goal of your podcast? If the goal is to lead them to a program, you can reverse engineer to figure out the actual like metrics that matter. And I don't know, I, I, I lost the thread of the question that you were asking, Um Oh, but, you answered it. You answered okay. it like it perfectly. Okay. So um, which was basically like, like, what are the down, like, what are the downloads like? Do the do downloads matter to you? Oh, got um, it. Yeah. Which I I love. The, uh, you know how many people need to register for the mentorship, right? So, um, it, yeah, that minimum amount of of downloads to get twenty people to take action or or whatever. Yes. Um, 
It's, oh, it's, and you were asking yeah. if there was like a connection between the mentorship oh, and yes. the downloads. Um, yeah. So what's really interesting is that, yes, they started at the same time, but um, this, the first cycle of our program, we had just launched the podcast. And so the people that were joining were kind of listening as like with listening into uh, listening with the first episodes, right? So mm-hmm. they didn't yeah. join the mentorship because they listened to the podcast. However, with the second and third cycle of our mentorship, every single person that we talked to was like, I listen to every episode of the podcast. Um, we had someone like listen to the entire podcast. Like there was like uh, 40 episodes or so at that time, all of them over a weekend. And then she joined our mentorship on Monday. Wow. And she was like, I listened to the podcast and I knew that you were the kind of people that I needed to work with. And so there is such a connection with the people that are joining the program now. And what's so great is they are kind of leaps and bounds beyond, um, they already know our methodology. And so we're Mm -hmm. able to go so much further and deeper with them in our program because we're using the same language. They're using things like pre-client journey, magical client experience, the phrases that we use in the podcast when they join the program. So they already buy into the idea. It's just like, give me the strategies and mindset. So powerful. Oh, that's awesome. That it's like, it's like you're, your podcast almost serves like a prereq for the mentorship, right? Kind of. Yeah. uh, That's super cool. Um, And I mean, further proof that something I've been saying for a long time, right? A podcast is a great way to, to to get people to know, like, and trust you. Um, 100%. So much so that like your, for this one individual, your sales cycle was like, two days and it was your weekend. (laughs) Yes. And seriously, there is something powerful when people are like, I listened to all of these episodes and and now the, the choice is obvious. And especially with that consistent call to action too, of like, join the mentorship. Mm -hmm. If this resonated with you, join the mentorship. Um, If you have some sort of program to direct people to or a course or whatever, keeping those episodes kind of curated around that and then driving them home to that as their solution. You're kind of like opening up a problem in the podcast episode, right? You're like giving them ideas. And then you're kind of like in a small way, opening like this tiny problem and then saying, if you want a solution for that, or if you want to go deeper, here's where you can go. Uh, I love that. Um, Let's, uh, we've been talking for almost an hour. Um, This has been so fun. Uh, As a reminder in, in build something more, we are going to talk about, uh, coding robots. I don't know if I said it exactly like that earlier, but that sounds really interesting. And if it does to you too, you can join the creator crew uh, over at howibuilt.it slash 276. There will be a link there to sign up. It's 50 bucks a year. That's less than five bucks a month. Uh, people who have been listening to the last few episodes know that I recently paid like seven bucks for a coffee. Um, so that was one coffee that I finished in a very short amount of time. And you're paying le- way less than that per month for great content. So um, join the creator crew. It's a lot of fun. And you'll get access to, to my community. Um, let's, let's talk about if the podcast is the top of the funnel, right? Because this is the interesting part to me. Um, I churn out a ton of content. Uh, it's all very top of funnel, but I don't feel like there's a middle of the funnel. There's just like a gaping hole and then the bottom, which is my offer. What is the, what is the middle part of your funnel look like? Uh, I'm on your website. I don't know. Is it a closed uh, um, enrollment or open enrollment all year round? And, and what does that look like? 
So the mentorship, which would be the bottom of our funnel, where yeah. we are, uh, like I said before, we're kind of changing it. So now it's going to be evergreen, which I think actually works so much better with a podcast model because then someone yeah. could listen to it. They don't have to get onto a discovery call, get enrolled, wait for the program to reopen. They can join at any time. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. So that's the bottom, but the middle layer for ours is the free community. And the way that, that I'm playing around with positioning that is you can join the free community to go deeper into the podcast, right? We can have those deeper conversations. We, we do it all in Mighty Networks and our program is in Mighty Networks too. So it's like, nice. you're already used to the platform. Just come on yeah. over, come on over to this other version. Um, awesome. But anyway, uh, the you can go into the community, have those deeper conversations. We're posting every episode inside of the community. And then we're also doing private podcast episodes in there too. So that's nice. like an extra incentive is like you get to hang out with all the people that listen. We throw a private podcast episode in there every now and then. Um, and then, you know, it's just a place to kind of pull everybody together, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. What are you using for the private podcast? Is that something that Buzzsprout offers or is it something Mighty Networks does? So for now, we're kind of just uh, kind of, it's not like the most elegant solution in my opinion. It is just going to be like, or it is just like an audio file inside of Mighty Networks. However, oh, nice. there is a tool that I know some of my clients who have uh, private membership sites, they have like private podcasts. There's a one called like, yeah. I think it's called Hello Audio or something. And you can okay. create private podcast feeds. I'm looking into different solutions. If you have any ideas, I'm down to hear them, but yeah. Um, I mean, this feels relevant to what we're talking about. So uh, my audio host, Castos, offers private podcasts. Um, uh-huh. But then if you, I mean, if you don't want to switch audio hosts, I totally understand. Um, so there's uh, Memberful is a mm-hmm. third-party membership option that offers private podcasts. Patreon does uh-huh. as well nowadays. Um, and right. uh, I want to say Wishlist member. Uh, which is like one of like the oldest WordPress, WordPress plugins. WordPress plugin, yeah. Okay. They offer private RSS feeds. That's how um, I've done it in the past for people. Yeah. It was through something called like PowerPress or something. And it was yeah. just, yeah, I, I, I think it, that it's really cool to offer a private podcast as in, like another layer deeper to get um, almost like more direct access to your people too. Yeah. And maybe share those like random off the cuff ep- episodes. Maybe they're shorter. Maybe they're just yep. like, you know spur of the moment stream of consciousness, maybe a little yeah. less outlined. I think that it can be a really cool way to pull people in. And, and, you know, you could do that through so many ways through a free community or like through an email list and then just send the the audios out. There's a lot of ways to do it. Yeah, totally. You can always do like an unlisted YouTube video or a private yeah. Vimeo. Like there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, my members this week, as we record this, got a stream of consciousness behind the scenes episode of how I structured my personal retreat and, and the conclusions I came to. That's um, very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, they get like the roadmappy stuff that I don't really like to make public because like, you know, content creation is experimentation and you don't want to announce some big thing and then decide the experiment's not going well and then be like, oh, I'm closing the doors. Like that just is a bad look, I think. So mm-hmm. I, I try not to announce too many things until I know it's like a sure thing that I'm going to keep doing. Yeah. And that's such a cool way to kind of pull your audience or like um, get a temperature check on your audience too with yeah. like the really hot community. Those are the people that already said yes to being on your email list or in the community in general. So it's a good place to pull versus like the larger audience who maybe is just like half interested. Right. Yeah. The people who like don't see all your, like I, I, I try to use Twitter heavily for that. And then I'm like, but Twitter's not like the best place to really do that. I don't think. 
Um, but yeah, like the community, I mean, like general social media, if you have a big following, I don't think is, is the best place. You need people who have bought into what you're doing already more than just like following you or whatever. Can I ask um, one more question about yeah, the private for podcast sure. thing? Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> so just because this kind of connects to what we were talking about before with regards to like stats and things, the, the yeah. one consideration that I've had about this, like just uploading audios to Mighty Networks is that it doesn't increase the downloads of the podcast overall, which mm-hmm. like maybe that's fine again, like how important are downloads? I don't know, especially with the business model that I'm running. But um, have you thought about that in terms of like, even just like having multiple podcasts, like has that been something that you've ever thought about? Like, how do I like aggregate all of this data or is it important to do so because there may be different audiences? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so um, Castos will give you the aggregate, right? I have like four podcasts in my my Castos account, but then you can divide it out by specific show and by episode. Um, uh. But I like to use Chartable. Um which is a a nifty tool. It's like a prefix that you add to your RSS feed. Um, And then they'll do their own stats because uh, Castos has pretty aggressive filtering for stats. So their stats are always like considerably lower than what Chartable shows me. Uh, And I feel like Chartable is more accurate based on like what Apple Podcasts has showed me. As well. Like I've got like 17,000 followers on Apple podcasts. Like they just made this number available. So it's like, it's really hard for me to believe that like my new episode, according to Castos has only been downloaded like 800 times or whatever. When yeah. like, according to Chartable, it's like four, five, 6,000 within the first 30 days. Right. So, mm. um, so I like Chartable for that reason. Um, Thank you. yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, with a private podcast, it's it, that's less. I'm I'm less interested in that. Um, only insofar as like, is the private podcast getting? Because I have like ad free episodes for those members. Is my membership getting so big that it's like taking an appreciable chunk of the audience away from those sponsor spots? And so then I'd want to adjust my pricing. But so far, it hasn't been appreciable. And I mean, my members still get exposed to those sponsors because they get like the email that goes out. Um, you know, this is, this yeah. kind of like brings everything full circle though, because that is thinking about the content and how it's connecting to the rest of the business model. Even just like that, that, uh, deciding, you know, do I keep, do I need to add sponsors and all of that stuff? It's, it's all connected to how the podcast fits into the overarching business model and not just like making decisions because you see someone else doing ads and sponsorships and things. It's like staying in the thing that is relevant to your business model. So important. Yeah, absolutely. I've said the same thing about like my first membership failed miserably because I just kind of took things that I liked from other memberships and I didn't consider like what it meant for my time or my audience and what worked for them. Uh, This one's a lot more successful because I did what works for me and my mission and my target audience. So Um, important. Gosh, this has been great. So uh, wrapping up your funnel, it sounds like the middle of your funnel for a while was like a discovery call and then yes. you would open the doors to your membership. Um, yes. Uh, but you're you're considering switching to Evergreen. I will say hev- heavily that it's a consideration at this point, but um, I really like that. And I think it does really fit, right? Because one of the things I worry about with sponsors is like if somebody goes back and listens to like the first episode, um, 
like the first sponsor was like for the next six months, get some percentage off whatever. Right. And maybe they don't care because it's like six years down the line now. But I always think about like, how is this sounding dated or is, oh, yeah. when yeah. does the That's offer become dated? Dynamic content uh, with Buzzsprout. Oh. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you, you use like about? digital ad inserts. Uh-huh. Yes. So oh, so for nice. example, uh currently it says like now in or now enrolling for the mentorship or something, but we'll change that ad out eventually and say join the evergreen version, right? Because I want I always kind of wanted to be able to open and close the the cart and that's how it was before. Um but yeah. now we'll ha- we'll say uh you know, if you want to do some self-paced kind of version with some coaching and support inside the community, it's this much and go join here if you want. Now we're open to having new mentees in the more one-on-one approach. You can open here. And then once that's closed back down, we'll change the ad back over. Oh, that is so cool. I didn't realize Buzzsprout had like integrated digital ad inserts. It's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, And makes so much sense, right? So you basically have, let's say, two pre-recorded calls to action. And if the doors are open, right, you have that one. And if the doors are closed, you have to do the free thing, making, yep. making your call to action consistent to whoever's happening to listen, uh, yeah. at that time. Like the woman uh, who was listening over the weekend, you yes. know, our program was open. So she was every single episode she was listening to the last thing would say, go join the program. Gosh, I've, I usually ask, do you have any trade secrets for us? But I feel like you just gave us like such a good one. I never talk about digital ad inserts on this podcast. Uh, maybe I'll have to have like Brian Barletta on. He runs like Sounds Profitable and knows all about that stuff. Um, gosh, so cool. Uh, do you have like a prepared trade secret for us or do you want to use that one? I love that uh, one. Yeah, I'll use that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to give them all away. I'm yeah, just of kidding. course, of course. Join, yeah, you got to join the community. Um, yeah. Awesome. Sam Munoz, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, Makingwebsitemagic.com to listen to the podcast. And probably if you want to connect with me, go to Twitter. I'm at hello Sam Munoz. That's where I like to connect with people. You can DM me or probably, uh, you know, send me a little comment. I'm still learning Twitter, by the way. So I don't Uh, know the terminology. (laughs) Yeah. At reply. At reply, hello, Sam Munoz. The double M is in there, right? Like S-A-M-M-U-N-O-Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right, cool. I will link to that and everything that we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 276. Be sure to sign up for the Creator Crew so you can hear the ad-free extended version where we're going to talk about coding robots. We've both done this, which is weird in general. So, um... Uh, Sam, this has been so great. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me so much. And thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, If you liked this episode, again, join the membership. How I Built It slash 276. And until next time, get out there and build something.